Well, it's interesting that we are aware of just a very small part of our journey. For the most part, people in the world here are aware of the physical journey. And of that, they're only aware of a very small part of that. But it's at the first breath that the journey begins in the physical form here. At the first breath, the soul enters into the physical body and begins to have experience in this physical form that it has taken on. And throughout its time of existence, while it is in the physical body, it is having opportunity to learn, to grow, to experience through that which it experiences in the physical, in the imagination, in the emotion, and in the mind. Before the soul comes into this physical body, it knows itself more completely because it is in the spiritual state, not in the physical, and it's in its original state. But it's when we take that first breath and we take over and enliven this physical body that we begin to forget the truth of who we are. We forget about where we came from and we get totally involved in this physical creation and this physical body. And we go into a state of forgetfulness. And we live that way throughout most of the existence, if not all the existence of this physical body, unless we do something different. And that is to continue to look inward and upward to wake up. For the most part, people, when they take embodiment in the physical form and they get caught up in the mind, the emotion, and the body, they begin to focus down and out into the world and get totally involved, totally involved in the physical. And that's good. Because what did the soul come down here to do? To have experience in the physical. So it's best, if that's what we are here to do, to do it fully. And so in order for us to do that fully, we go into a state of forgetfulness. We forget who we are as soul. We forget who we are and our origin. And we just begin to live this life, this life of the physical. But there are those in the world that have completed so much of the journey from one embodiment to another in the physical form that they then begin going back inside and remembering. There's a remembering that begins to take place. I know more than this physical body. I know I'm more than this. How am I going to find out about it? The path of sound and light that we share here in Inner Light Ministries is just that. It's a path of remembering. It's remembering who we truly are. It's remembering where we truly came from. And in that remembering, we can begin to wake up here and now in the physical form and know the truth, and live the truth. And at the time that we take that last breath, 
It's interesting, the first breath and the last breath, we just continue the journey that we know we're already on. For so many people in the world today, they don't know if the journey continues after the last breath or not until they take it. And that's all just fine. It's the way this creation is set up. But it is wonderful when you know beyond a doubt that there's more to life than this physical form and that life continues after that last breath. I remember so many times being either with people in the physical as they were leaving the physical form or being with people souls that were being born into the physical form taking the first breath and taking the last breath and I can remember one time being with somebody who was being born into a physical body I was in the hospital I was in the birthing center I was with the parents and with a couple of family members and the child was being born. And as the child was being born, everybody was elated here. Everybody was joyful and oh my God, almost, almost. And then the child was born. The doctor didn't spank it. It just kind of, he kind of moved him, shook him a little bit and brought him present, and he started crying, took a breath, and he was in the body. But what was interesting, people were rejoicing because here he was. He took his breath, and now he was present, and a member of the family and a member of this world. And people were happy, the nurses were happy, everybody was all glad, counting fingers and toes and checking to make sure everything was just perfect, and it was. But what most people weren't witnessing that I witnessed was that as the soul was coming in to take its first breath, he wasn't really sure as a soul that he wanted to do that. He didn't want to come back into a physical form. He didn't want to have to come back down here and do again what he had not completed in another lifetime. And he was nervous and afraid and not really wanting to come and participate here. And it was interesting talking to the soul as he was coming in to take that first breath, to calm him down and to help him feel as though this is an opportunity. Look at it as an opportunity. Change your your thought process, change your attitude right now so that this life will really serve you. And I remember just as he was going into the physical body, taking that first breath, I heard him say, God, make this good. That was his prayer, which was good. He asked for assistance. He kept looking up not looking down into, oh my God, what am I getting into? But he looked up and said, God, make this good. That's a great approach. And when I witnessed that, I learned something from watching him come into his physical body and taking that first breath, 
God make this good. And I remember for years, that was one of the prayers I would say every day as I would wake up. It was almost like taking my first breath, coming conscious of my body in my bed, looking around my room, and I'd go, God, make this good. (laughs) Because of how I saw him do that. I thought, no, that's a good way to start anything. When we don't know, and we are in doubt, we live in a state of fear. There's a fear in the unknown. And that unknown leaves a great question. And we all want a question answered sooner than later. But so many people have to wait until that last breath to know whether there's a continuity to life, whether as we take the last breath in the physical form, do we keep on going or not? I can remember going to a funeral for someone who was Jewish. And they believe that you are, if you're remembered in the world, that you live on. But they don't really talk a lot about the continuity of the soul, the movement of the soul, past the physical body, into a new state, into a new existence. And I remember talking to the wife of the gentleman who had died. And she was very concerned. She really wanted him to be remembered. She didn't want him to be forgotten because then he would be no more. And she was beginning to worry that her family would forget her and that she would not continue. And we talked for a while and I said, you know, why don't we get back together in a couple of weeks and talk? And I said, I'd like to do it at a lunch, and I want to invite your rabbi, and let's sit down and talk. And she said, well, you want my rabbi with us? And I said, yeah, I've got a lot of questions, and I think you've got a lot of questions, and maybe he can answer them for us. And so she said, okay. So she arranged the luncheon with the rabbi, And we sat down at this restaurant and began talking. And he's kind of looking at me like, are you converting or what? (laughs) And so finally I said, I'm sure you probably wondered why I wanted you here while we were talking about uh, this gentleman's passing and and her questions. And I would like to know, do you believe in re-embodiment, which is what they call reincarnation? And he goes, I don't know that I believe in it. I was taught about it. I was taught about it as a child by my father who was a rabbi. I was taught about it as I was becoming a rabbi. But it isn't really something that we talk about. It isn't something that we really focus on. So I don't know that I really believe it, but I would hope, and I hope that it's true, that we have opportunity after opportunity to perfect ourselves until we can go off in perfection. And I said, did any of the other rabbis in the past ever talk about remembering, knowing, awareness? And he goes, oh yes, there are stories of great rabbis, including Moses, who talked of such things. 
but we don't have anybody that talks about it now who really shares about it. We don't know for sure that that's real. So we began to talk about prayer and meditation and contemplation. And as we talked, the lady began to cry. And he was trying to calm her down. I said, no, 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 let, him, let her cry. Because that's the truth coming up inside of her. That's her truth. And all of a sudden she said, you know what? I know I'm going to live past this physical body. I know it. I knew it as a little girl. But my mother wanted me to believe otherwise and stopped me from believing. And that's often what this world will do. When we are born, we know who we are. We remember where we came from as a little innocent child, as a vulnerable, loving, unconditionally loving being in this world. But the world will put things on us in such a way as to reform us, restructure us, and separate us from our own truth. The only way I've ever found and know to get back in touch with that truth is to go inside, to let go of ourselves physically, let go of ourselves imaginationally, emotionally, and mentally, and rise above that and connect back here to the seat of the soul and wake up once again to that truth that we came into this body with at the first breath, that we had in our innocence and childhood, and that resides right there right now, but we are separated from it by our mind. And it's only through meditation that we can rise above the mind and all the structures of this physical form and wake up once again to that truth. And to know that truth even before we take the last breath. And that at the last breath then, we just take the journey. We continue the journey consciously, knowingly, lovingly, willingly. And it was very interesting. It's very interesting to be with people both entering into the physical form, taking their first breath, and taking their last breath and leaving this physical form. And it's the same action. But there's a difference in those that have meditated, those that have gotten the sacred name of God and come awake to the knowing of themselves while in the physical body of who they are as soul. There's a difference of those people compared to the rest of the world because they know who they are now and when they take the last breath, they will just continue in the knowing to continue their journey on. And there is no doubt, there is no fear because in their meditation practice and in their dream state, they have come awake and they have journeyed beyond the physical body and beyond the physical universe and into the realm of soul and spirit and they know the truth of where they came from and where they're going. And there is no doubt, there is no fear. Where for most people, it's a state of wonder, a state of hope, and a state of fear as they approach that last breath because the unknown is still there. 
There's a wonderful statement in the Bible called Psalms 23. And it starts out, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. To me, that's the same statement of, Lord, make this good. That's the same statement. He just abbreviated it. He put God first. He said, God, make this a good one. Make this a good life. Make this a good experience. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If we can put God first and hold God first and keep our attention here where God resides as we live in this world, God will be our shepherd. God will be the one who leads us, calls us, guides us, and awakens us. And later in the statement, it talks about Walking through the valley of shadows. Well, this is it. This physical body and this physical consciousness lives and dwells in the realm of shadows. This is the valley of shadows. But it also says that in walking through the valley of shadows, I fear no evil for thou art with me. It's knowing that, truly knowing that God is with you, that the Lord is your shepherd, and that the Lord is with you while you're walking through this valley of shadows, that the fear isn't fear anymore. That it is just experience. It is just opportunity to grow and learn and be and move forward in whatever the next step is on this journey. To fear no more. What did Jesus say at the very end of his Lord's Prayer? His apostles said, teach us how to pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Very much, again, looking up to God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And at the very end, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the fear of this world. We have to ask God to assist us in doing that because we ourselves don't have the instrument and the tools to do that. It's God's loving. It's God's grace. It's God's participation that allows us to be freed of evil, delivered of evil, free of fear, not to walk in this valley of shadows and fear. And it was very interesting this week, experiencing this week and experiencing the process of SEAL's transition and then witnessing SEAL on the other side. She did not leave the body in fear. She left it in consciousness. She left it in awareness because she had been doing the meditation. She had been doing the inner work. She had been holding her attention above the mind. It's very interesting. When I saw her on Friday, the first thing she said is, boy, am I glad. And I said, glad of what? And she said, I don't have to listen to my mind anymore. I can listen to something better. 
and we talked for a few moments. And it was her doing her meditation. She, through her mind, did a lot of study. Oh my goodness, didn't she do study? And she fed the mind, and she used the mind, and she perfected the mind, and she understood a lot. A lot about this world, and a lot about all the different things around the spiritual science, if we'll call it that, and all the different levels of that, the religious, the psychic, into the very spiritual essence that we share here. She had investigated it all. And I'm sure if we were to go to her house, we would find books and journals galore on all of it. Because she said, that's all she spent her time doing was feeding the mind and, and making the mind happy. And her journaling was a way to do that, to get the mind organized, because the mind is the ticky-tacky boxes. It organizes everything, and then when it's organized that, it organizes it even more. And that's what she was doing, she said. But no more. Done with that. I'm free. And she said, and I'm going higher now. And so I asked her, because I did not see her at the very moment of her transition. I said, so what happened when you transitioned? And she said, I was in this wonderful place, and I didn't even realize I had left my body. She said, I looked around, wasn't quite sure where I was, because I was at home. All of a sudden, I wasn't. And then there was Norman, that was her husband. And I knew immediately that I must not be in my body anymore <laughs> because he's not and he's here. She said, we talked for a while and then it seemed like her conversation came to an end. And it's funny because she said, did you ever go home after you left home? Did you ever go home at Christmas? I said, well, yeah, every Christmas I'd go back to San Antonio and be with my parents while they were alive. And she said, did you ever get down there and maybe you hadn't seen them for months and you started talking and reminiscing and sharing about what you'd been doing and you had this wonderful conversation and all of a sudden it's like there was nothing else to share. And then you're going, now what am I going to do after this two hours? What am I going to do for the next week here? What are we going to talk about? And she said, I, I kind of got to that point with Norman. All of a sudden, I didn't have anything to have a conversation with him anymore. And she said, at that moment, I knew I could go higher or I could stay there with him. And she said, Norman, if it's all right with you, I'm going to go to a place now that I want to go to. And he said, yes, go, go, please be happy. And she went much higher. That's a key here. That's a key. We always want to go where our soul wants to go. We want to, and the soul always wants to go higher. It doesn't want to stay stagnant. It doesn't want to stay at one place. It doesn't want to stay in this body forever. The mind wants us to stay in the body forever because that's the only way it continues to exist and to be similar to the idea of that lady in the Jewish religion 
with her husband's death, saying, it's only through people remembering him in the world that he will live on. We've got to get people to remember him. That's the mind working, not the soul. Seal went higher because she chose to go higher, but also because she had been doing the meditation and she had been doing what she could to come consciously awake and aware in her soul, in herself, while she was in the physical body. Jesus put it, die the little death daily, so that when the greater death come, you will not know its sting. She meditated, she died daily. She did what we normally are going to do at death, but she did it every day. She practiced death every day, the dying process every day of letting go of the body and waking up to the soul and taking that journey as best she could out of the body and into the realms of spirit to know what this journey is all about. Then she'd come back in the body and do the day. Sometimes she was more conscious of things and most of the time she wasn't. But when she did leave the body, boy, she was conscious of it then and she said, thank God I did what you said. Thank God I came to your classes and I listened. And beyond the listening, I did it. And I told her, that's why you're here and why I'm able to talk with you right now. Because you did it. It's not what I did. It's not what anybody else did. It's what you did that matters. And then this wonderful presence came to us and said, come on, it's time to go higher. And she turned to me and she said, well, I'm going to do just like I did with Norman with you. And I'm done here now and I'm going to go on. And I said, good for you. <laughs> and she took his hand and off they went to go higher. So that's the beauty of my life because I get to witness this both of souls coming in and souls going out and it's all one and the same. It's just the movement of the soul and journey of experience. If we can remember that, if we can know that, if we can experience that while we're here in the physical form, then that fear of this world of shadows is gone. You have nothing to fear. And the evil one cannot touch you. Leadeth me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. The evil one is how it truly translates. The one who is the creator and the Lord of this creation, deliver me from that one and let me go back into the realms of spirit no longer confined to re-embodiment, reincarnation, continuing to the physical creation.